All right, guys, welcome back to season two of the Precision Rifle Channel. This is 2019, and my first guest of the year is Tyler Frainer of the National Rifle League. Tyler, how are you, sir? I'm terrific. How are you, sir? I'm very good. So for those of you that have been watching the show, I know this is kind of weird because we're both part of the National Rifle League, um, but basically we're just going to talk about the new season, things that are happening in the sport, uh, specifically with the National Rifle League, and hopefully you guys enjoy the show. So Hell yeah. Yeah, baby. So for those that are new to the show or new to the National Rifle League, uh, Tyler is the director of all match operations. He is the man both uh, in front and behind the scenes that makes all of this kind of work as far as on a professional sports level. One of... Tyler's main job duties or tasks that he is, uh, I don't know, maybe he sometimes regretfully accepted or gloriously accepted, uh, is he has to work with all of our match directors in establishing the new schedule for the season, the new rules, regulations. He's the man that does all of that good stuff. So, um, Tyler, uh, we're going to talk a little bit today about what's new for 2019, sir. All right, cool. Yeah, you know that's that's one of my jobs uh, to to work with the match directors in order to make sure that that we're doing what what the country wants to, so that make we make sure that that the National Rifle League is representing what the shooters want. And who better to represent the shooters than than the match directors? And I, I think that's one of the things that makes the National Rifle League a truly unique organization is that we have. We have the actual people with boots on the ground that are doing the work that are that are making the decisions within our league. Now, that does issue some challenges. Like you said, I kind of refer to it as herding cats, but I have the utmost respect for these men and one women who are the cats that we're herding uh, because they're all strong minded. They're all strong personality. Now, they all have their, their wants and desires. Um, and so, you know, we do the best we can to get everybody on the same page and and vote fairly to, to make changes that will make the shooters ultimately happy with the National Rifle League. So I'm very honored to, to hold this position and be able to, you know, try to, to wrangle these cats to, to do what, what we need to do to get the rules and regulations settled and, and our, our, our match season settled. But I, again, I think that's one of the things that makes the National Rifle League unique is that we, we make sure that the people who are leading us are the people that are actually doing the work. Very nice. So for 2019, we have 17 regular season matches, and the last match, the 18th, is our championship, correct? Yes, sir. So when I know when you and I started looking at what our 2019 season was going to look like, we had um, a lot of different conversations about you know going <laughs> east, staying west, going central, what matches were going to work. And we had a tremendous amount of matches that submitted that wanted to be NRO matches this year. Um, I had the opportunity to talk to some of those, but ultimately, you know, that came down to you saying, you know, these are the ones that we think are going to best fit our structure, so to speak, and then taking that to our current board of directors to vote on. What is it that you look for from a potential match director to make them a qualified match for the NRL type criteria? Well, I mean, you know, so much goes into it. Uh, 
I mean, first off, it, it's hard to tell uh, a guy who's passionate about this sport no. Um, you know, somebody who, who's wanting to serve their community by being a match director and and put on a, a, a match for the National Rifle League. It, it's that's one of the harder things to do is to is to tell tell somebody like that no and that we cannot accommodate you. Um, I can tell you that, that we turned down some people this year that were that were awesome people, um, people who put on tremendous matches. But, you know, we're, we're looking for the best of the best. Um, we're looking for for quality over quantity. Um, so some of the reasons that, that we, we accept match directors that we accept is is experience, is is know how um, we want to ensure that the, the product that we're selling to our shooters, which is the matches, are the best that there is to offer. Um, we picked up a lot of, of new matches this year with some of the biggest names in the in the industry, honestly, uh, and, and I, I, for one, am extremely excited about that. Um, you know, this is our third year, and um, our first two years were, were tremendous. I think that we were wildly successful. Uh, but, you know, the difference between year one to year two is we had a whole bunch of people telling us that we couldn't get it done. And then, you know, in year two, everybody was like, wow, you guys, you guys are really getting it done, but do you have staying power? And, and I think that after season two, uh, my job became so much easier because, you know, rather than than having to go out and seek people out and convince them that that what we're doing is is good and is for the for the good of the community and for what people want, you know, our our hard work as as building this community, the, the National Rifle League has, has really paid dividends. And now match directors are coming to us which makes my job easier. Now sponsors are coming to you, Travis, which makes your job easier. Now Amen. shooters, I, I think that you got some numbers that you were talking about. You know, we we haven't even, we just started 2019 and our 2019 season membership has already exceeded last year's numbers with, I think you said more than half of those being new members. Yep. So, you know, it's nice to see that the, that the hard work that, that you and I and Brittany and Ian as the executive board and the board of directors, which is our match directors and the sponsors and the shooters, all the hard work that we've all done to prove that we are the best precision rifle league in the world is paying off. And that, that now that the job is easy so long as we can continue to follow through with the things that we promise. And you, you and I both know that we're going to do that. You know, the board of directors that we got is outstanding. The sponsors that are behind us are awesome. The shooters are a part of this community. They're vested. They're interested. It's just, man, it's it's uh, it's like waking up every morning, Christmas morning, and getting what you want. It's, it's a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun. And it's, I mean, like you said, when we first started, a lot of people don't know this, but Tyler and I had our, our very first meeting in a casino in Vegas you know, and I pitched him this idea and, and he was like, well, you know, this could work. <laughs> yeah. You know? um, but I knew, I knew we were going to, you know, I, you're, you, you and Brittany, you guys are like the, uh, I, I don't know, like the eternal optimist. You guys always are smiling, always laughing, always have a smile on your face. The sun is always shining. I think I'm a little bit more of the, the realist of the crew. 
And I'm like, well, you know, I'm, I'm kind of doubting this. I'm kind of worried about that. And you're always like, man, as long as we work hard and we form a team with the, the match directors and the sponsors and the shooters, this whole thing's going to happen. Yeah, I think, I think it'll probably happen. Oh no, it'll happen. And I'll be damned if you weren't both right. And I'm so happy <laughs> to be along for the ride. Well, we're talking a lot about each other here, but I mean, obviously everybody knows this wouldn't have happened without you and without the help of Ian. So I think altogether we're very blessed to have a great team. And like you said, it's the, the team, it's our community, it's our support system. It's everybody that makes the NRL what it is today from, like you said, the shooters, the sponsors, the match directors. Uh, we're just lucky enough to, to lead the team, so to speak. Yes, sir. So, with that, there's a couple of new changes in the rules and regulations for 2019 for the National Rifle League. Do you want to cover some of that since that's your area of expertise, sir? Yeah, absolutely. Again, you know, um, this is our third season, so uh, the first year was uh, was was a lot of work uh, to make it what we all wanted it. Just, just for a little bit of background and reference, how this whole thing goes down is uh, – I write the rules and regulations uh, so that the, the match directors don't have to. And then nearly everything involved, uh, with a few exceptions, which is basically the housekeeping stuff and the safety stuff, is, is open, to, um, open to negotiation to make sure that the match directors have what they want. Um, I do the best I can to kind of guide discussion about what we're trying to do and, again, try to herd all these, uh, you know, alpha personality cats to, to get us all on the same page. But ultimately, it's the match directors that, that decide the, the, the avenue that we're going to take for the, for the next season. Um, for our third year, um, we were pretty well established. Our rules were looking good. Uh, we, we did some, some adjustments, um, you know, to, to, to firm it up, to make it better, to make to make what we're all happy with better. As, as Brittany put it very well, um, we're being proactive, not reactive. So, uh, you know, again, uh, first up, always when you're talking about shooting um, firearms, always is going to be safety. Um, I'll, I'll truly credit uh, Jacob Bynum. Uh, and super happy to have Jacob on the team, man. He, he gives me some crazy phone calls all the time, but uh, you know, he called me up one day and he was in a, a bit of a, a fit and a panic and says, you know, uh, I'm reading the rules and we got we got to make these safety rules better. I'm like, OK, Jacob, what do you want? And he goes, well, we have, you know, warnings if you flag. And he goes, I want that out. Like, you know what? How the hell can can I argue against that? You know, this is, uh, you know, my real job. What I actually get paid to do is I'm a fire captain. And uh, that means that, that I fight fires, I do medical calls, I do trauma calls. I've been on a lot of shootings here in Las Vegas. Um, if you get stabbed or you get shot with a pistol, you're probably going to survive it. I've not seen many people survive getting shot by a rifle. Safety should be the forefront of our mind. There should be no warnings for flagging anybody at any time. Jacob was right. That was the first rule change we brought up and everybody, no, nobody, nobody blinked an eye. Absolutely. That's what we're going to do. So yeah, that's the first thing is, is, is safety. And, uh, I think it was a, it was a good thing to start off with. And, uh, after that we moved into, you know, kind of some of the meat and potatoes of, of the things that we do. 
Um, and, and, you know, after that was, was a little bit of pride. Um, all the match directors were very, very proud of the product that we sell. Uh, we believe that, that uh, the National Rifle League puts on precision rifle shoots that are tough. Um, they're competitive. They're fair. They're welcoming to new shooters, but they challenge the experienced shooters. And while we've maintained that in our first two seasons, we're seeing a trend across the country of, you know, these points matches or meatball matches, as they're called. For those of you that don't know, a meatball match is when you show up and uh, more than half the shooters get nearly all impacts in the entire shoot and uh and everybody walks away with a lot of points if you're using a percentage-based scoring system which is what we used last year and so you know i kind of uh i was i was bsing with regina milkovich we were complaining about a, a meatball match a couple years back and i was like man this is like watching the oprah winfrey show and i was like what do you mean and she goes I was like, well, it's, it's like, you know, Oprah Winfrey, you walk, watch Oprah Winfrey and you get a car, you get a car, you get a, you get a car, everybody gets a car. Well, meatball matches are kind of the same way. Everybody's not getting a car, but everybody's getting 90% um, hit ratios. You know, everybody's getting 90 percentage points walking away from this thing. Well, hell, you know, out, out here, out west, where the wind blows and, and we, you know, shoot competitive level targets, um, I think the best finish I've ever had was uh, was fourth in a match. And I think in that match, I walked away with something like 85 percentage points. Right. So, you know, in some of these meatball matches, guys are walking away halfway through the field with with more points than I got at at, at, the, uh, at, the, T, at the TPRC when I got fourth. Um, you know, guys are walking away halfway through the field with more points than that. And that's scary for a lot of people. And what that done is, is that's created a trend where it's kind of created a false economy, so to speak, within shooting matches. And now people aren't shooting the matches that they respect. People aren't shooting the matches that put on a good show that is fun, that is challenging, that is rewarding. Rather, people are paying for matches that are going to be points matches. They, they know they can go to this shoot. And they're going to have big targets. They're going to hit most of them. And they're going to walk away with points in order to qualify for whatever the end game is. This is what none of our match directors and when we put it up on the members page, which one of none of our shooters wanted to see happen. And so we, the board of directors, I wouldn't say we, the board of directors, because I'm not on the board of directors, but the board of directors wanted to take steps to ensure that the National Rifle League did not fall into that pit. So the way that we did it was was two ways. And, and the first way that I wanted to do it, I wanted to solve the problem with scoring. And we hashed that out on, on Facebook, on, on members, on, on our board of directors page. And, and it's not that simple. A simple scoring solution is not going to change that. Both sides have valid arguments as to why we should do them. There's the percentage-based scoring system, which is the winner of the match gets 100%. And everybody else that shoot, their score is divided by the, the winner's score. That's a percentage-based scoring system that the NRL used last year. Well, again, I told you the faults and the, the complications of, of that system, which is 
if too many people hit all the targets, well, now everybody walks away with a 90 plus hit ratio and everybody walks away with a ton of points. So solving it with a percentage based scoring system couldn't be done. So then we started looking at placement based scoring system. Now, I grew up racing motorcycles and, and racing motocross. And the way that that is done is first place gets 50 points, second place gets 49 points, third place gets 48, and so on and so forth. And I remember being a kid and Jeremy McGrath would win first place at a Supercross and he would lap every other racer by two laps, but he still only, only got one point more than second place. It was typically Jeff Emig at the time. So percentage placement base is interesting because now at least it spreads everybody out first place gets uh, 100 points last place gets zero points but it has its pitfalls as well placement based scoring certainly solves the meatball match problem it does do that but to some degree it uh the the shooters that are at the bottom spectrum get less points because of it and in the percentage base, they get a little bit more. So each one of these scoring systems has a, a benefit to it. Each one of these scoring systems has a pitfall to it. Well, as we're, as we're trying to figure this out, both in board of directors and, and in the members page, uh, one of our match directors, Rusty Ulmer, came up with, well, hell, why don't we just do both of them? Let's do percentage-based and placement-based. Brittany Weldon got a bug up her butt and within <laughs> two hours had mock-ups delivered and we all knew what it was going to look like. And, and it, man, it, you know, um, the mock-ups looked good. No, there's not a whole lot of movement for the, for the, the, the majority of the top 75 or hundred shooters. Um, but it does accomplish all the goals that we want. It does award shooting excellence with percentage. However, it does eliminate the everybody gets 90 points uh, pitfalls of a, of a potential meatball match. Right. So that was that was the first way we, we went about it, which was which was scoring. And, and I think that that, uh, you know, we're not going to know until we know next year. And then next year, we're going to do what we did this year, which is we're going to consult the people who have the say, which is the board of directors. And, and they're going to consult the people that they have the say to, which is the shooters. And we're going to think, see if this if this worked like we wanted it to. The mock-ups work perfect, but we're not really going to know until next year. And then again, we'll adjust them as per the board of directors recommendations. But that wasn't enough for us. So the next step was brought up, I believe, by Jake Vivert. And Jake Vivert says, well, hey, man, why don't we why don't we make, you know, firm rules for what sizes of targets should be used? For example, if we're shooting prone, if we're shooting prone, then the target should be one and a half to two MOA um, out to distance, you know, scaled up accordingly. If we're shooting off of barricades, barricades should be no larger than three MOA. He says, this, this, this must be done. We talked about it, and I, I kind of got a kick out of a lot of the board of directors like, well, yeah, that's cool, Jake, but guess what? I don't own a steel company. And I says, okay, well, listen, we all like this. We all think this is a good idea. So rather than make this one a rule, let's make it a guideline. And a guideline says is, is, hey, as an organization, this is what our expectations are. When you're shooting prone, targets shall be one and a half MOA and no larger than two MOA. 
If we're shooting barricades, barricades shall be no larger than three MOA. Well, that shall be in that guideline mean that, hey, this is the this is the organization's expectations. But of course, there's a little bit of wiggle room here. So we all thought that was a, a really good, uh, really good solution um, to the target uh, issue. So now we're going to have the ability to make sure that our match directors are, are keeping the target sizes reasonable, you know, again, within reason, wiggle room, like, you know, uh, I, I, Lee Anderson, Battle of the Break Network, we're calling it the, the Prairie Rock Shootout this year, but, you know, Lee Anderson, Quentin Wagner, those guys shooting in Nebraska in heavy wind, and they came to us and they're like, we want to be a part of the organization. Um, but, you know, some, you know, three, a two MOA prone target at, at our distances are not the same as everybody else's. It's greatly, you know, it's a guideline. If you need to break that a little bit, break that a little bit, but keep it within that to the best of your abilities is absolutely yes, sir. And this is a great solution. You know, same thing with, uh, with Matt Clem, BJ Bailey. Um, you know, we got heat stroke open this year, which we're stoked about. Well, I mean, <laughs> we've shot in Oklahoma and we know that those guys make a lot of their money off of windmills because the wind blows there hard, you know? They're, they're going to keep it within the guidelines. They're going to have some wiggle room, but we're going to ensure that the National Rifle League, through the scoring adjustments and through these target guidelines, is going to continue to maintain a competitive, fun environment, and that matches are going to sell because of their merit, not because of their ability to award points for qualifying for some end game. Right. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm getting a little bit of a dry throat from speaking that. Uh, I think that <laughs> I, I, I beat the hell out of that dead horse, but we're very passionate about the product that the, that we're selling to our shooters and our, our, our shooters like it. And so that is the reason why we spent so much time on it. No, absolutely. And there was a lot of debate, you know, going back and forth about the scoring system. I mean, even before we brought up scoring for uh, the NDs for the match directors to vote on, you know, people have been talking about different opportunities or of changing things. And I think that it's a great idea for us as an organization, like you said, to stay proactive because the last thing that we want to do is fall behind the curve. And if we could always continue to set the trend and lead by example, then I think we're going to be better off as an organization as a whole for everybody involved, the match directors, the shooters, the sponsors, everybody, because it's going to ultimately be a more professional product. Absolutely. And that's what, that's what we're trying to maintain. You know, we want our customers, our shooters, we want them to, to know that when they sign up for any one of our shoots, they're going to be delivered a product that they expect. They're going to get the fun, a fun course of fire. They're going to get a challenging course of fire. Um, they're going to get a, a nice prize table that our sponsors uh, to bring up. And, and we're going to have community involvement, which we do. We have community involvement, community events at every single one of our shoots. So, I mean, it's just, Basically, it's just ensuring our customers that they're going to continue to get the product that we've been selling for the last two years. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So one thing that I want to bring up as well, because it's something that I was really pushing for in 2019, which was heading further east. You know, I was really passionate about, you know, having matches on the East Coast and reaching that demographic. And... You know, for a while there, it looked like that was going to be possible. Unfortunately, that kind of fell apart. But since that's fallen apart, 
we've actually received a lot of questions from East Coast shooters about, you know, how come there aren't NRL matches further east? How come, you know, we're not doing this? If there were matches, they wanted to shoot them, so on and so forth. And I just want to take a second and address our audience right now and let you guys know that, hey, we're doing everything we can to truly take this as national as possible. But you guys have to speak up as well. You guys have to tell your match directors. You guys have to tell your range owners. You guys have to get people involved to want the NRL there. You know, the NRL, we're not going to push our way into any region or into any um, area that doesn't want us there or that can't sustain a match to NRL standards or quality. So if you guys want us there, we would love to be there. You know, talk to your match directors and so on and so forth. If you guys on the East Coast that want to shoot NRL, come fly west. I mean, we're, our furthest match is what? Kentucky? Kentucky. Kentucky. Adam Vaught. Ryan Adam Vaught. Castle. Uh, yep. Adam Vaught and Ryan Castle are holding a match in Kentucky, so that's pretty far east. If you can't make it to all of them, you know, try to make it to that one. If you want to come check out, you know, some stuff on the West Coast, our arms are, are always going to be open to you. It's a great community. We'd love to have you and show you what we're all about. So I just wanted to take a quick second to address that on a broad spectrum since a lot of people have been asking. This is pretty good for him to do that. Yeah, I know that, uh, you know, on that note and, and uh, you know, like you said, we don't want to be anywhere that we're not wanted. But at the same time, you don't know what you don't know. Um, this is different than any other shooting organization I've been involved in. This is This is a community. This is. This is a place where we're together on the range, where we're together off the range. Um, there is no drama. We've never had any any problems, any issues. Um, this is a good, happy community that, quite honestly, the shooters, the match directors, the sponsors, and us are all thrilled to be a part of. You don't know what you don't know, and if you're unwilling to try something different, then, I don't know, I guess... That's on you. Yeah. So, I mean, we we can only do so much, right? That's right. And you so. know that kind of that uh, that that proactive approach, you know, is is kind of the next thing that that we changed in the rules. Um, we've seen a little bit of uh, of people um, attending matches and then and then post match bringing up issues and post match expecting something to be done about it. Well. You know, you attend a precision rifle match, and it's a two-day shoot. And after you're done, everybody takes their prizes, everybody takes their trophies, everybody takes their checks and go home. Well, then a week later, somebody contacts whoever and, and hey, I saw this, or I, I think this happened, and this isn't a good deal. And this isn't something that's exclusive to any uh, one organization or any five organizations, but it's happened in, in a lot of organizations and in many different sports and we, we, we made our next rule, uh, again, a proactive approach to, um, to ensuring that this doesn't infect any of our matches and cause undue drama. And, and that's an adjustment to the arbitration period. Uh, so after the second day of shooting, after everybody's done shooting, we, we're, the match directors are, are busy tallying up the scores. When the scores are tallied up, the scores are posted, and everybody has the opportunity to look over their scores and everybody has the opportunity to say, hey, this isn't right. This isn't what my score is. That's called arbitration period. 
It's a 30 minute period that we have at the end of our shoots. Well, now arbitration is something a little bit bigger at this point. We changed one of our rules so that arbitration includes any complaints that witness during the shoot. You know, I, we've seen other organizations, um, USPSA, um, you know, I mean, unfortunately, there was that there was that one incident with uh, competition dynamics, which I think the world of, but accusations of cheating. Well, if you think somebody cheated, the time to bring that up is at the shoot while we're all here. If you think that something unsafe happened, the time to bring that up is at the shoot while we're all here. So arbitration period has been expanded to include any grievances that were witnessed throughout the entire weekend. After the weekend is done, that trophy goes home with whoever earned it. That check goes home with whoever earned it. That prize goes home with whoever earned it. And there will be no changes post-arbitration period. So again, this is just another way that the board of directors is attempting to be um, as proactive as possible. And I like to give credit where credit's due. And I believe, again, that one was Jake Vibbert's idea, which I thought was was a tremendous addition to the to the rules. Yes, sir. So there's that. Now, there was also another rule, and I forgive me, I don't know it verbatim, but this year you're also allowed to have a backup rifle or something of that nature. <clears throat> yeah, that was that was something that was that was discussed. Uh, basically, the long and the short of it is is uh, there from time to time people's rifles go down, and they 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 they're supposed to fix them, and in the past they they had to fix that rifle and compete with that rifle for the entire weekend. Well, you know, fact of the matter is, is, um, you know, you spend a lot of money to go to these matches. Most of the entry fees are $250, $270. Your $75, you got gas money, you got reloading expenses, hotel rooms and on and on. We're not going to say that it's not, it's not a cheap sport. There's no two ways about it. It's a rewarding sport, but it's definitely not a cheap sport. And one of the things about competing with a mechanical object is they're prone to failure. So I believe it was Scott Satterley said, hey, you know, why don't we adjust this so that if somebody's rifle goes down, we can't make allowances for it. And we talked about it, you know, as long as as long as somebody's not switching out to a different caliber that's more advantageous. If your rifle breaks, the match director can approve you going to a different rifle. And that's not to say that. This is the new tripod. Everybody needs to go buy a backup rifle. I mean, the fact of the matter is, is there's a lot of guys that have a lot of guns. And in this community, everybody's falling over backwards to make sure that everybody has what they need. I mean, you know, we, we have our own uh, our own loaner rifle, which you should talk about as soon as I'm done shutting my mouth on this issue. <laughs> but we have our own loaner rifle for people to utilize if they don't have the equipment. And it doesn't get used at every match. So the rule's written so that if your rifle goes down and you don't have the ability to fix it, at the match director's discretion, they may go to a backup rifle so long as it is of a similar caliber and a similar capability. So that's going to be something that's going to be put on the match director. But, I, I you know, Satterley brought it up. It, it, it's a common sense, uh, positive addition you know, just because this community is so awesome uh, and they are willing to give you every each other the shirt off of their back. And if, you know, if that's not available, then we do have that that rifle that that you should talk about right now <laughs> that uh, that is not used at every single match. So why don't you talk about that? 
Alrighty, sir. So what Tyler is uh, referring to is the National Rifle League has been uh, blessed. We've been very blessed to be working with uh, Eric Anderson and a couple of fine gentlemen out of Utah, some great companies in that area. Blue Mountain Precision has built a 6.5 Creedmoor um, rifle for the NRL to use as a loader rifle. And basically what this is, is it's a complete rifle. Um, we have a ton of great sponsors uh, for this rifle. Um, where if you're a newer shooter who doesn't have all the go fast, you know, high end competition stuff and you want to try a rifle out, you can contact us and request to use that rifle for whatever match that you are currently or plan on registering for. It's a first come first serve because right now we only have one rifle, although there is uh, plans for a second rifle to be built right now. So all you have to do is contact the National Rifle League. You can do it at uh, matches at nationalrifleleague.org or prforce at nationalrifleleague.org. Tell us who you are, um, what you're currently shooting, your current setup, and what match you plan to attend. And basically, as long as you're not shooting, you know, basically you qualify if you're shooting a stock rifle. So if you have a stock Remington 700 or uh, old hunting rifle, which are perfectly great rifles, but they may not be best suited for competition and you want to try to get into a competition rig but just can't afford it yet or not sure exactly what you want, you can reach out to us and, and we're going to help you out with that. Some of the other great benefits of this program, which I think is crazy and it's super awesome that Eric was able to facilitate this, is he worked with uh, James Gilliland, uh, who's uh, part of the federal uh, team. And Federal is going to supply all of the ammo for that rifle, sorry, for that rifle, <laughs> for that match. Which means, basically, if you're a new shooter, all you have to do is pay for your registration, your travel, your hotel, and show up. And you're going to have a rifle that's ready to go with ammo that is has the dope, has the zero, has everything ready for you. Once a couple of other companies heard about this program... Um, U.S. Optics just sent me two scopes, a B-17 and a B-25, so that you guys could choose between one of those scopes for that rifle, and we'll put that on for you. Uh, Vortex is sending out a Gen 2, I believe, so if you want to try out a Vortex scope. And Kala is, is sending out, I'm not sure if it's one of their 5 or 6 series optics, so you could try one of their scopes out. And the beauty of this is, you know, the platform is the same, but if you want to try a different optic out based upon what you are looking to hopefully purchase, then we can try to accommodate that for you as well. So it's a really cool program. You do have to be an NRL member to qualify for this. You, you have to have a membership. Um, but other than that, you know, it's open to anybody. We have, I believe it's reserved for three or four out of our 18 matches right now. So there's still plenty of matches and opportunity to get that. And we're going to have some more information on the NationalRifleLeague.org website about that here uh, probably next week, but definitely before SHOT Show. Nice. So. Nice. So we spent the last 30, 35 minutes talking about National Rifle League. What about you? So what are, you, what are your plans for 2019? Have you looked at the schedule and said, this is what I'm planning or hoping to get to match wise? Oh man. You know, 
Janae and I were we, we keep going back and forth about that. And then Zeb York keeps contacting us. He he's a good friend of ours. Um, him and Fiona lived in Vegas and they moved to Virginia, which makes them traders. But anyway, traders Zeb York keeps reaching out to me, and uh, we're gonna hook up for for a couple matches. Um, nice. I always try to 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 do different ones. Um, you know, it is what it is. Money's limited, and uh, and I'm you know I gotta pay to go just like everybody else. Um, so, you know, we're, we're looking at, I always try to do matches that I've never done before. You know, I, I would like to go to uh, Prairie Rock shootout, uh, formerly known as, as battle of the breakneck, but I'm going to be hosting NRL 22 nationals the week before that. So I really, or the week after, excuse me. Yeah. So I really don't think that's a possible um, one, but I certainly have neglected the heat stroke open. I've always wanted to shoot that match. I, I think the world of Matt Clem and BJ Bailey, and, you know, I need to go shoot that one. Um, Zev really wants to go shoot Silent Night, and I like Justin Watts quite a bit, so I think that one's definitely on the schedule. But that's two Oklahoma shoots. Um, I really like the idea of everything that's going on with uh, Hell on Steel. Uh, Hell on Steel is Adam Vaught and, and now Ryan Castle. Um, uh, down there in Rock Castle, Kentucky. Everything I've heard about that place is awesome. Uh, I like the idea that um, the hotel is right there with a bar and a restaurant right there where we're, when we're done shooting. I mean, that that has National Rifle League written all over it. Right. You know, transitioning from shooting right into socializing is exactly what we do. So, and, and I, you know, I've never been to Kentucky before, so that sounds like a winner as well. Um, and then I'll have to look at a little bit more. I've also neglected Jake Vibbert. I need to get up there and shoot Washington. Um, and well, I don't know about, about maybe Wyoming going to visit uh, my boy Vallejo, but that would also be something that I would like to do. And then hopefully if I can shoot straight, I'll qualify to go to Texas and, and, uh, and hang out with, uh, Dave Ferguson, Prentice week. They, they are wink. They, uh, they're running the championship match. Uh, they usually run, Lone Survivor match, which I've heard nothing but amazing things about, and I'm extremely excited for. Um, their course of fire, apparently, they put their targets out over water quite a bit, and I've never, I've <laughs> never I live in the desert, so I, I have a vague idea of what water is, but this sounds like a tremendous environment to shoot in. So, yeah, those are some of the things that, that I'm personally looking at um, and excited about. I mean, there, there's so many opportunities where, you know, we, we, we try to we try to focus on quality over quantity, but we got 18 really quality matches, and I'd love to attend every single one of them. But you know, it's not in the cards this year, that's for sure. I'm jealous of you to some degree. You go to every single one of them, and then at the same time, I don't I don't envy that that travel that you're doing <laughs> all, all the time either. But I was going to say I'll, I'll gladly trade one year with you. <laughs> I'll, you know, I'll stay home and I'll, I'll do the day job and. You can travel all you want, bro. Yeah, yeah. I'd run out of uh, vacation time and probably the first quarter of 2019. That would suck. <laughs> right. But. Yeah, no, it's, um, you know, that's another big thing with the NRL is one of the executive boards, so Tyler, Brittany, Ian, or myself, we're always at, uh, someone is always at one of the matches. You know, majority of the time it's me. Uh, but Ian and, and Ty, when they're there, they, they do a tremendous job of making sure that everything is ran smoothly as well so that we can focus on media and, and other stuff. But, 
It was but cool smoothly, because- smoothly, yes, but consistency too, yeah? I mean, yeah. hey, every one of – listen, these shoots, they're the match director's shoots. There's no two ways about it. There, it's the match director's shoots. I've said it a million times, you know, an organization has to have matches in order to exist. Matches don't need an organization to exist. And that's why we bust our asses to do everything we can to, to make these match directors jobs easier. So ultimately it's their shoot. But, you know, with one of us being there for every single one, that's one of the other reasons why we're remaining so consistent and so drama free. There's always one of us there to make sure that it is it remains the more or less the same on how we do things every single time we're there. So anyway, sorry, I no, let me shut up and let you talk again. No, no, no. Yeah, I mean, you, you have a very good point there. And, you know, it's absolutely the match directors that make this go smooth. And it's absolutely all of that. I just, I, I think having us there gives everybody, you know, including the match directors, uh, that little bit of, of comfort of knowing that if they need something, you know, we're there to help facilitate it. They need an extra RO. If they need extra hands, you know, setting up banners or doing whatever, uh, breaking things down, helping set up boards. How many, many ice tables have you put up now? Oh, geez. I, I think <laughs> every single one since day one. <laughs> <laughs> And by but, now, you and by now, you and the Connex team, you guys have got to be about the world champions at uh, at at a cornhole, yeah. Oh, uh, we're we're up there, but the the Oregon boys, Pinch and Pence, I don't know, dude. They they've got some kind of magic going on because they were out at our championship in Idaho uh, against Vibber and uh, Clay, and they were just making some crazy crazy throws, mm, making it rain. They were definitely making it rain. But uh, I think in 2019 we'll definitely we'll definitely be competitive against them. <laughs> right on. So we're almost out of time. But one of my favorite things to ask a shooter, which first and foremost you are, is besides your standard typical gear, besides your rifle, your your rangefinder, your tripod, your bag, besides all the standard stuff, what are three items? that you absolutely have to have when you go shoot a match? Mm, clean set of underwear, um, <laughs> sunblock because I'm pale, and uh, snacks. Very good. Very good. And just so you guys know, there is a story behind the clean underwear, but we'll get into that another time. <laughs> <laughs> no, we uh, – we appreciate it, Tyler. You and I have the opportunity to talk, uh, you know, all the time, but not many people get to hear um, or see us converse like this. And so I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day uh, to jump on the show with us. And we're what, like three weeks away, two, three weeks away from SHOT Show. So I'll be seeing you here very soon. Yeah, damn it. Uh, my liver's going to suffer. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to hydrate for three weeks straight, man. I mean, that's what Shot Show is to me. I follow you around and drink beers with all my friends while you're doing all the hard work. No, I'd rather be talking, doing the negotiating than drinking that much. I recover faster. <laughs> <laughs> hey, right on. And you know, one more time, I just want to, uh, you know, your your job, what you guys do, 
you know, compared to what I do is, is, is somewhat the same, somewhat different, but we both have things that we focus on. So I just like to take a minute, say a couple things. Um, you know, I really appreciate, uh, you and Brittany and Ian always, always taking care of me, making me look good, putting me in positive light. Uh, Janae, I really appreciate my wife, Janae. She, uh, you know, if you say something to me, just so you know, Janae knows about it. And you know that very well, but everybody else that knows me should know that. Um, she knows everything that I know. And, um, I get credit for a lot of ideas that are actually Janae's. Um, so I appreciate that. And then, you know, just getting done with the, with the rules and regulations and forming the 2019 season, I'd like to give a heartfelt thanks to the board of directors, uh, the match directors, the group of uh, men and, and Lisa Bynum are, uh, are second to none. You know, they really do care about and love this sport. Um, they've really been the cornerstone of, of what the National Rifle League is and what it's going to be. And I, I would just like to say thank you guys for, for making my job easy. You know, and um, I've told you this from day one, and I'll tell you till we're, we're old men sitting on the, the, the porch, but it's it's all a team effort, brother. I You know, I can't do this without you. Without Brittany, without Ian, Janae, um, without all of us as a team, you know, our, our match directors, our shooters, it's it's a community. We're just like I said, we're just lucky enough to be be able to lead these fine group of people. Hell yeah, yes sir. So at that note, we are going to wrap this show up. It I think has been a phenomenal first show for 2019 season two of the Precision Rifle Channel. Until next time, you guys be safe, keep shooting, and we'll see you at the range. Take care.